This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. God is just so good, isn't he? Um, I'm going to pray because that, that just, he deserves it. He deserves my prayer. Father God, thank you for being so kind and so sweet and so loving. Thank you for always planning things, years, days. Truly, since, since we were born, you planned every moment. You're so good. Every good moment was yours. Yeah, so we're going to say thank you, God, for those good moments. So turn to your neighbor and say thank you, God, for those good moments. Mm, thank you, God. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All righty. <clears throat> I'm trying to think where to start. And uh, we always start at the beginning. I like that. So I guess I just have to do a bunch of disclaimers because... This is just who I am, okay? I, o- I only give my heart. <laughs> I-, I only do, okay? I-, I can't give you anything else that isn't what I'm experiencing with Father God on every day, in, in the everyday thing. Are you with me? Okay, so if you're here looking for information and knowledge, <sighs> you're, you're in the right place. Just ask Father God <laughs> to translate my Hispanic accent to your heart, okay? Are you guys still with me? Nice. All right, here we go. So I think, yeah, I actually have notes this time, man. I'm so excited. I know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, oh, okay, here we go. So I have this awesome teacher. Uh, without him, none of us would be here right now. And he said this amazing quote, stuck with me when I was the first a believer and I started teaching. It was, we can argue about Bible verses all day, but you can never argue with my experience between Father God. Isn't that good? I like that. That took so much pressure off of me. All right. Are you guys still good? Here we go. So we're going to start in Ephesians 4. Let's go, Holy Spirit. If you like Ephesians, go whoop, whoop. There you go. All right. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. Come on. Aren't you happy we're not prisoners right now? Come on. Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. How many of you know every single one of you has a calling? Right? Say, I have a calling. Come on. For you have been called by God. How many of you have been called by God? Come on. Four of us. Good job. I love that. Here you go. Always be humble and gentle. Mm, I like that word gentle. Be patient with each other. Come on. Don't get quiet. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. That's a good one. Yeah. No condemnation. Romans 8.1. That's my verse. For there is no condemnation for those that belong to... To the Lord, to Christ. Come on, so there's no condemnation. So I'll read it again. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort, say every, every. effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. How many of you guys have the spirit? Raise your hand. Come on. Binding yourself. I love this word right here. Binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Say future. future. And I just feel this on my heart. There's a lot of you that uh, don't think you have a future. I'm telling you right now, you have a future. Amen. All right, so just receive it. All right, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Say, that's my daddy. Daddy. Who is over all. So say, my daddy is over all. 
Come on, Pops is overall, in all, and living through all. Say, he's living in me. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's living in me. Even though you got a mask, say, he's living in me. Come on now. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. He's so good. This is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he laid a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. So we all love gifts, right? Do we not? Okay. I love when my wife gives me a gift that's super functional, like the shirt and my shoes, right? Like, those are my favorite gifts. Uh, Love letters, I uh, just full disclaimer here, love letters, when she gives them to me, I cry a little bit, but I cry even more when I get shoes. I'm just a shoe guy. That's my love language. It's functional. I can run with them. I can work out with them. I can look pretty good in them. And I just love it, right? But the point isn't the gift that I'm getting. It's the person that's giving me the gift. Right? And the thing that activated, right, we're going to use a lot of churchy words right now, but the thing that activated her to give me this gift was love. Right? Isn't that good? Come on. Okay. So I, I just want to say this thing right now. Everything we do starts and ends with a thought. Okay? Just think about that. Everything we do starts and ends with a thought. I talked about shoes. What were you guys thinking about? Hmm. You're probably thinking about your closet, what shoes you like, what shoes you don't like, what shoes you want to give Rafa for his birthday. Are you with me? I'm a size 10. So everything we do starts and ends with a thought. Like before we come to service, we have a thought, right? Like let's just take Wednesday, for example. We have our J-O-B, our nine to five. We wake up in the morning. We have a thought. Is it good or bad when you wake up? You don't have to answer it. Keep it between yourselves. I always try to lead towards a good thought, right? I wake up and I'm like, Father God, thank you that I'm awake. And then you have your next thought, right? Then you're brushing your teeth and you have plenty of thoughts. Why? Because you're on autopilot. You're just doing the same thing you do every day, hopefully, in Jesus' name. Uh, So as you're brushing your teeth, you're having thoughts, right? As you go and you start making your smoothie, that's what we do. We make smoothie or eggs. Got to get the protein. Come on. So as you're doing that, you're constantly having thoughts. Are you with me? Okay, good. Are your thoughts good or bad? Okay, cool. Between PB and I, Pastor Babette and I, our thoughts are good. The rest of you, we love you so much. So what ends up happening is I, I started thinking about that everything we do starts and ends with a thought, right? And I started thinking about the functional thing. Pastor JR and I, we build things. If, uh, actually, Pastor JR built this whole stage. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, can you guys give him a hand because I love him so much? Nice. He does not like when I do stuff like this. I'm sure he's rolling his eyes, but I'm not looking over there, okay? So you guys look for me. So, <laughs> so, but there was so much thought process going on with this, right? So when I'm doing my functional things, I'm always like, oh man, my thought is I have to do X, Y, and Z. And my old thought pattern was I did X, Y, and Z. Did I do a good job or did I do a bad job? Right? Depending who I'm listening to, it was when last year, it was really like bad thoughts. I had a lot of bad thoughts. It was, I could have done it better. I could have done it perfect. Right? Are you with me? Yeah. How many of you guys have had those thoughts? It, like, kind of lowered the energy, right? Like, it kind of lowered the atmosphere, the frequency, the, the glory. But when I'm like, Rafa, you're amazing. Oh, man, just that one word alone, that one thought alone rose everything so much higher, right? Like, can you feel it? You, you guys can all feel stuff, right? So I just love how, like, everything we do starts and ends with a thought, right? In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. How many times, I love that word, because that word captive, I used to think meant, I can never have a thought that isn't Raphael's. 
That's a lie. Every time we would get a thought, it's an opportunity for you to have a conversation with Father God. Isn't that good? Right? The reason that we don't think it's good is probably because we were raised with parents. Just, my dad isn't here so I can talk about him. It was, if I had a question, he was like, not right now. Right? If you did it, Romans 8, 1, there is no. You're right, come on. So with my, with my dad, it was not right now. I don't have time right now. When I got my car, it was a big, giant moment, right? He was giving me his car. He was like, I'm going to teach you how to do the oil change, but I'm only going to teach you one time. <sighs> so much pressure right there. I didn't, even know, I didn't even know how to turn my car on. I didn't even know what the Prindle meant, like park, reverse, neutral, drive, you know, whatever the L meant. I didn't know what any of that meant. And he's like, You're only, I'm only going to teach you one time. And so I'm freaking out because the whole time he's teaching me how to, you know, take the dipstick out. I didn't even know it was called the, the thing out. As he was doing that, all I was thinking about was not what he was doing. It was, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to remember. And he's going to punish me. Oh, he's such a good dad now. I love him so much. Like, if you ask my wife, he's amazing. I love him, right? But I feel like we're, we're raised with these, with a certain value from our parents because they're not Father God. <sighs> And that's really good because that means we can let them go and give them to Father God. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that so freeing? I thought I was so free. You know, I was actually able to love my dad more when I didn't hold things against him anymore. When those thoughts, every time I saw him, it was like, I need to avoid him, right? Or, or my mom. She's not here either, so we're good to go. Uh, my other moms are here. I love them so much. So, uh, so anyway, so, so with my mom, it was... Um, Jack is, gonna, Jack is definitely going to rebuke me after, but I'm just going to say it. So with my mom, it was every time I had a, a thought about her, it was, oh, man, what does she want now? Or with my dad, it was always, oh, man, where's the criticism going to come this time? Are you with me? Right? But that's because they weren't Father God, which made things so easy for me to know who was Father God <laughs> and what thoughts weren't Father God. Because if they were good and loving, which I wasn't used to, I knew they couldn't be my thoughts and they couldn't be my parents' thoughts. They were Father God's thoughts. Isn't that a good thought? Are you with me? Oh, my gosh. So if you had a bad life, yay, now you know who is Father God and who isn't. Come on, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those that are called according to the purpose of Father God. How many of you guys have a purpose? How many of you guys have a calling? If you don't think you have one, I'm telling you right now that you do. Are you with me? Nice. I love you guys so much. Okay, cool. So everything we do starts and ends with a thought, right? I I love the, the... I call them anchors. Uh, we would know them as testimonies. But I love the testimonies where God shows up because when I'm having a bad thought or a negative thought about myself, I go back to that anchor or to that turning point where Father God showed up and met me. Are you with me? We all have that. Tonight, that was actually the invitation. Wasn't so, so a beautiful man named Mr. Kevin can come and touch you. It was so Holy Spirit can touch you to give you beautiful, encouraging, life-changing thoughts and experience that you're going to remember forever. You know why? Because you're probably going to, I'm not declaring this, I'm not a prophet, but you're not going to have a good day tomorrow probably. Or between now and next year, you know, nobody was thinking about COVID and COVID happened, but if COVID were to happen again, which I'm not declaring in Jesus' name, right? But if it were to happen again, guess where he's going to take you back to? When you're having those fearful thoughts, guess where he's going to take you to? He's going to take you to Wednesday, January 20th, where this beautiful man named Mr. Kevin with the Holy Spirit touched you and gave you a beautiful thought. Isn't that good? 
And it was his idea. He knew. Okay, so the reason I'm saying that is because of this. When I was 18 years old, maybe 17 years old, I was like any teenager. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, okay? Just to be super transparent, my dad and my mom and myself weren't born in the United States. We were born in Guatemala, okay? My dad came here 26 years ago. My mom came here 25 years ago. And I ended up coming 21 years ago, okay? So I was five years old when I made it here. And I'm so happy I'm here and not Guatemala. I'm just going to be real with you. I love the United States. It's great, okay? I'm a citizen, by the way. We're good to go, all right? And uh, so I joined the military, all that fun stuff, served my country. I love it. And uh, but so, so the whole point of me saying that, what was the whole point of me saying that, Lord? Oh, okay, this is what it was. There was this unnoticed pressure coming from my culture of we came all the way from Guatemala to the promised land where it's flowing with milk and honey, literally, where we get to eat every single day and not starve to death, where we have AC, where we have heat, where we have a bed, and all you can bring home is a sea? That's a lot of pressure. Are you with me? I'm I'm just saying that because I'm sure... I know some people who, uh, whose dads owns a whole company, <laughs> and there's a pressure of, like, you're going to be the next CEO, and then you don't go that route. And so now you have all this pressure on you, and you start creating these thought patterns and these habits of, like, I'm never going to be more than this because there's a higher expectation, but you got to know that your expectation is coming from people, and it needs to be coming from the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Come on now. Come on. There's a verse for that right here. I was, where is it? John? I was just reading it the other day. Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. Say, I'm not complaining. Come on. And not sarcastic. Say, I'm not complaining. Come on. We were just giving thanks. So it says, so he said to them, and this isn't just the 12. It's the 12 plus the other thousand he just fed. Okay. He just finished giving them food. It said, so he said to them, does this offend you? <laughs> Say no. Come on. Then what? What will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Come on, say the Spirit alone. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. I love this part right here. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. I love that. You you want to know why? This is actually really freeing. But you want to know why uh, you have bad thoughts about yourself? I can tell you this. I'm on God's side. Uh, they're probably human effort. Coming from another person with human effort. Not the spirit. But that's the beautiful thing about being in relationship is because we're constantly trying to understand and be perfect with Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. It's when we make mistakes, we turn to Father God. Are you with me? That's literally what Jesus did every single time. I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what what I hear the Father say. How is he supposed to do those things if he's not turning to him? Still with me? You guys processing? I love you guys processing. You having good thoughts, right? Yeah. Mm, mm. So proud of you, D. Okay. So, um, So I had all this pressure in my life. That I had no idea about. This is literally Holy Spirit showing me things during sozos. How many of you guys had a sozo before? It's actually really the best thing in the world, right? Because it's just an excuse for you to talk to Father God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. And it's super safe. And you get to deal with things you had no idea were actually that big in your life. So I I love having sozos. I love having encounters because Jesus gets to reveal things. 
that shouldn't be there. He gets to reveal things that were put in there by human effort, rather by the spirit that gives eternal life. You understand eternal life just isn't tomorrow. Eternal life is eternal. Right? So the truth that you get, no matter how little it is, (laughs) is eternal. Isn't that good? I love that. It's just, he makes it so simple. I love that. So I'm having all these pressures. I'm having these human effort thoughts of I'm never going to be big enough. On top of that, I'm going to these church services, and, uh, and I dealt with this already, but I'm going to these church services where it's if you're not perfect, if you lie, if you do something wrong, then God is going to grab a lightning bolt, and he's going to throw it at you, and it's game over. You're good to go right? Super sad, right? So at this point, I'm like, okay, so this sounds a lot like my human effort father. (laughs) If I don't remember the oil change, then X, Y, and Z happens, right? And so I strayed away from Father God as far as I can go. I was like, if I'm going to die, I might as well have fun with it, and which was really wrong because then rather than finding my purpose and my calling in my life, I start trying to find my purpose and calling in women and drugs and alcohol and porn and things that really aren't adding to my life. If anything, they're giving me more thoughts because at the end of whatever it is that I just did, my thought is, why did I do that? Because Father God, from the beginning of the time, actually wired us to constantly pursue him, to constantly find him. So when we're not finding him, we're finding human efforts that then turn into something that actually brings us down. Are you still with me? Okay, good. So, and actually, and this is how I can tell you. This, this is the whole point. I'm, uh, stay with me. Can you do that? Can you stay with me? Good job. I love you. Thanks for your honesty. So, so what ends up happening is, is I'm, I'm pursuing these things, and the cycle continues, cycle continues, and it actually reinforces the thought that I already have, which was, okay, I'm not a son, I'm an orphan, and I'm worthless, right? So it kept reinforcing that. Then I joined the military trying to find my purpose through there, and it's great because now I can lie real good, right? I can say, yes, sir, real good. I shake my head real good. I can do push-ups real good. I had a six-pack. I looked real good. It was great. Never had it again, okay? I'm still praying for it. Believe with me, okay? So then, uh, so I joined the military. I come back, and I can fake it so good. So now I'm avoiding any type of help. People are like, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I just ran 20 miles. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Don't you see how great I am? Now I have things to actually hide behind rather than living under the shelter of the almighty. Mm. All right. Anyways, so, so I end up getting to this place where your kids go, where actually Nate takes care of, and it's called the Union. I show up there, and we're having worship, just how we were having right now. It's beautiful. It was encountering. And I was actually going there for about a year and a half, and Father God hadn't touched me yet. How many of you guys, don't raise your hand, but in your heart, how many of you guys have gone to church service after church service after church service after church service after church service, waiting for Father God to touch you and you never felt touch? Right? I mean, yeah, a lot of sad faces, right? And that's what it was. It was constant, like, okay, another Tuesday night, another Tuesday night, another Tuesday night. But you know the crazy thing? For whatever reason, I kept going. Why, why do you think we keep going to these church services that we're not being touched by? Okay. Are you still with me? Okay, cool. I love you. So, um, so what ends up happening is I'm, I'm going to these Tuesday nights, but it's funny because now, now that I know Jesus as my father, I can remember every single word that Nate said during his teachings and every single word that Abel said. If not every single word, then the th- thoughts and the anchors that actually held me down. And one of them was this. I, I said it many times when I teach up here. Pastor Abel would go up there with his apron. He worked at expectations. He was a waiter. He was going to serve as Christ. And he was like, you are loved and you are his bride. 
okay? As a military man, I am nobody's bride, okay? That is not what I do. I'm, I try really hard not to be anybody's bride. I don't want to do that. So I'm listening to this dude, and I'm just in my head with my human effort. I'm like, no, I'm not. And guess what? I wasn't. Yeah. And then, you know, Nate would come up. And he would talk about, like, these, these amazing things that he would go to the back of the union and be like, Father God, I just want to pluck your, your, your strings of your heart. He said, I just want to worship you authentically. And I loved it. I loved this. This is so much that stuck with me. God was like, shut up. You're already doing it. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, so these anchoring things, I was like, okay, so I am the bride of Christ. And I love the fact that God talks to me like a regular person. He isn't just always he, thou, foul, shall, thou, mal, how. He's not doing that. He's literally having conversations with me. Isn't that good? I love that because you know what's going to happen is you're going to have a thought and you're going to be like, that's not Father God. That's me, right? But this is my anchor. This is my thought pattern right here. After Tuesday night, after Tuesday night, after Tuesday night, just how we have Wednesday night, after Wednesday night, after Wednesday night, something happened during worship. And it was actually when my whole life was falling apart. Uh, my beautiful wife, I love her. At the time, we were not together. We were, we were dating. We've been dating for like 11 years. 10 years. Yeah, I knew that. Come on now. We've been married for three. Thank you, Jesus. Um, she hates when I do that, so I love her. So anyways, uh, so she, I was actually not treating her right because I couldn't even treat myself right. How was I supposed to treat her right? So if you're not treating somebody right, it's because you're not treating yourself right, and that's okay. There's no condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus, but the but the way that you beat the condemnation is you're okay belonging to Christ Jesus. You're okay being that bride. You're okay having conversations with him, right? So my girlfriend at the time, we were not together. I was actually doing the complete opposite of being uh, truthful to her. And I, my whole life was falling apart. I was getting ready to commit suicide. Literally that night, I just went to the place where everybody actually saw me, right? And they didn't do anything special. We played ping pong. Abel would beat me every time. Nate would beat me every time. But they would see me, and this is pre-COVID, so they would see me, hug me, hold me, tell me I'm amazing. I didn't believe them. Tell me I'm a bride. Run away. And then, um, and this one time, I remember this, this guy, this prophet dude came. I ain't going to say his name, but this prophet guy came, and he read my whole mail. And if you've ever been in so chats, Pastor JR and I do not like that. We get really sad. But this dude read my whole mail, and this is the beautiful part. He was reading my whole mail in front of everybody, but I had these amazing people that truly loved me that pushed everybody away. They were like, this is between him and Father God. So they started pushing everybody away. And, and, um, and I'm still this mighty, you know, military dude. And he's reading my whole mail, man. He's like, I know at home you go and you're alone and you're a marshmallow. He was like, you're trying to be tough, but you're not. You're just angry and you're trying to push people away. And so if he's here, I'm right here. And I'm telling you, I was pretty ripped. I had a six pack. I don't have one right now. So I was like, oh, like, oh, I'm gonna, oh I wanted to suplex him so hard. If you don't know what suplex is, when you pick them up and then no matter how much they weigh, you just flip them over and you, you hurt them real bad. And Father God stopped me, literally. I had never met this dude. I still didn't like God. I was still there, and I was, like, trying to move, and I'm like, I just need one good punch, just one punch, just one punch, please, Lord. I don't even know who, Lord, are you listening? <laughs> Lord, <laughs> I know I sinned, but please let me punch him in the face, just one more time, and I couldn't move, and you know the part that made me so mad? The guy was like, oh, you can't punch me right now because God uh, is over you, and I was like, are you serious? And then, then I had the next thought, oh, this is God? 
huh, he's real. Huh, I'm having negative thoughts about somebody. I'm not dead. Wow, I'm getting ready to commit suicide and, and uh, um, he's touching me. He's holding me back. And I, I wanted to run away real, real fast afterwards. But instead, I went into the sanctuary and we worshiped just how Asia and Danny Pro did. They were just worshiping. And I, and I didn't have a, a, a handsome man like Mr. Kevin to come and pray for me. Um, it was actually the opposite. I, I went there, and, uh, and if, if I was here, and, and they were just playing their regular songs, just how we do every Tuesday. And I remember I was there, and, and I was like, okay, I, I think I'm going to attempt to be your bride, God, is what I wish I said. Instead, I said, God, I'm ready to kill myself, so I don't want my life. Do you want it? And, uh, and uh, that's the nice version. I'm not allowed to say the other version. <laughs> I'll never get be able to teach again. And which I love, right? Because he actually destroyed my whole religious box of, like, prayer of salvation. Right? Like, I said nothing prayer-like. It was just, I don't want my life. Do you want it? And I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't feel anything. I, I just... The minute that I said that, all the suicidal thoughts that I had, the wanting to drink, the wanting to get high, to get satisfied, I actually had that feeling of when you feel satisfied, right? The thing that you get, that permanent little high that you get, I mean, the temporary high that you get that quickly goes away, right? That was gone. And I just felt so satisfied, and, uh, and it wasn't until years later that Pastor Britt was like, doesn't it feel like when you're at the dentist and you have the jacket thingy-majiggy with the x-rays and they take it off of you? And I was like, yes, how did you know? How did you know? Were you there? It's always dark in there. I don't know why it's always dark in there. Were you there? And she was like, no, but I had the same experience. And I was like, you had negative thoughts? Isn't that good when you can relate and connect with somebody? Oh, my gosh, if anything, I'm like, okay, Father God, then, you, uh, okay, I'm not alone. You love me. There's so much power in not being alone. There's so much power in unity. There's so much power in the body of Christ. The body of Christ just isn't you coming to church. It's actually you coming and saying hi to somebody. It's actually you coming and saying, look what God did yesterday. Look what God did this morning. Amen. Look what I read. I don't even know what this means. I, I'm scared of revelations because I don't really know what it means, but, but I feel like we need to talk about it. I have a question. I don't know what to do with it. That's the body of Christ. We're having conversation. We're not avoiding each other. Come on. We're, we're getting rid of our inconvenience. That thought pattern of I should just be here in my little area. I am safe here. I'm going to sit here. I had a long day. Mm, you want to talk to me? You come talk to me. I ain't getting up. No condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus. <laughs> Are you with me? The only reason I'm saying that is because I had those thoughts. And I'm so happy that I chose Father God over those thoughts. I'm so happy that rather than leaning into that human effort, I led into the spirit that gives eternal life. And I had an opportunity to come up to, I think I said hi to every single one of you, at least once, and give you one Tuesday night, give you one Wednesday night, give you, give you one Sunday where I can just come and plant something inside of you. Because even if you don't feel like something is happening, Holy Spirit is doing something inside of you. And we're just waiting for the big moment when you're ready to say, Father God, here you go. And then he shows up and he gets rid of these thoughts. So the whole reason I'm telling you that story is because of this. My thoughts led to death. 
And the minute that I listen to Holy Ghost, listen to Father God, (laughs) I only had good thoughts. And I hadn't had good thoughts in years since I was born. I hadn't had good thoughts. I only had bad thoughts. Are you with me? So my bad thoughts led to literal death, but then I'm having these good thoughts, which led to life. (gasps) Isn't that good? Uh, I'm just just bragging about God. My wife and I just bought a house a month ago. Okay? You know how I can tell you that that was God's idea? Can I? Can I tell you how? Do you want to know? I was supposed to be dead. I'm 26. Somebody, a mathematician, 26 minus 18. Nate, go. 15? 26 minus 18? Eight. Oh, man, I was supposed to die eight years ago. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Like, my future wife was supposed to be visiting my grave soon for eight years now. But instead, my wife and I bought a house and we gave glory to God. Isn't that good? Oh, man, he's such a good dad. Okay, so the whole point of me talking about our thoughts is that can we all agree that thoughts are powerful? Can we all agree that if it's a good thought, it comes from Father God? Right? Can we also agree that a bad thought comes from not Father God? And can we keep it that simple? Oh, nice. I like that a lot. Easy. You guys are great. Say, I'm a learner. Come on now. I learned good. All right. So I just have a question for you. Why do we accept bad thoughts? Okay. We accept bad thoughts because we're not. I just lost the word. Intentional. There it is. We're not intentional about thinking about our thought because we don't know how powerful our thought really is. Right? Or we do this, right? I don't like blaming things um, because I am entertained by these things. So, like, movies do a really good job of diluting situations and increasing negative situations, right? The only reason I'm saying that is because every love book, I'm a sucker for love books. I'm going to tell you that right now. Don't tell Pastor JR, but I love, like, Nicholas Spark movies and, and all that fun stuff, okay? I'm still a man. I shoot guns. Okay, here we go. Did you guys hear that? Okay. So... The only thing I don't like about that is it dilutes the love (laughs) that happens. And I feel like love turns into this fairytale thing. Or love only shows up if you meet your soulmate or if Prince Charming or the queen shows up. Like, then that's when love happens. But really, love comes from Father God. He's the originator of everything. In the Bible, it actually says that God (laughs) gave his one and only son so we may be saved just because he loves us. But after we watch all these things and we say love so much, it actually diluted the message that we don't understand that because of love, there was an energy, a frequency, something that happened within Mary that created Jesus, the tangible thing. And it was a word. It was a thought from an angel, from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit that gave to Mary and she produced something that saved us, literally saved me eight years ago, five years ago, eight years ago. Thank you. I love you so much. So does that make sense? Are you with me? So there's actual power in love. It's not just a Hollywood thing, right? So if there's so many times when like I leave something or, or I do something and I'm like, God, tell me how we're going to change the world. Tell me how we're, I'm going to make millions. Tell me how I'm going to get this Dodge Challenger. Tell me how I'm going to do this. And he's like, can we just talk about how much I love you? 
And for a second, I'm like, again? And then, then you know, my thought pattern is, wait, wait, again. Again. You know why? Because I go back to my anchor. I go back to that testimony where I was going to commit suicide, but God was like, you're perfect, and I love you. Here you go, and here are my thoughts forever. <laughs> and here's the house. But man, but boom. Are you with me? Okay, good. So I love that because if love is what created, can I say that? Love is what created Jesus to have flesh, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, good. PC, am I good? Am I still? Give me that. Caca, caca. Uh, we're still good. We're still good. All right, all right. <laughs> so love created Jesus. So that means that love actually has an atmosphere or energy or a frequency, right? Isn't that good? So I love the faith message because it actually says, seek the kingdom. I actually wrote it down. Thank God I got notes. Lord, help me. Are you guys still good? Where is it, Lord? Okay, I think it's seek the kingdom. Can anybody finish it for me? Seek the kingdom and all these things will be added to you? Seek first. Come on, seek first the kingdom. Come on. Thanks, Holy Spirit and all you amazing people. All right, so I love that, right? It would just seek, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and all things would be added to you or knock and the door will be answered, Right? But I think what ends up happening is we're looking for these things because we got a word from somebody, from Father God, which if the motivation is from love, then it's actually him. So he's giving you this thought and you're pursuing this thing. You're like, I'm on my way. I'm going to do it. And then you're seeking it. But because it doesn't look like this giant yes or this giant thing, you're, you, you discount it as it not being God. Are you with me? But really, like, these little yeses are coming to you. It's little yeses. It's little seeks. It's the little seeks that get you to the big kingdom. Are you still with me? I just love that so much because if you have that thought, it's not just a thought that's going to change you inward. It's also something that's attracting things to you. Are you with me? Okay. You know why you can't help but say hi to me? It's because I know that I am loved by the Father because I hated myself so much that I spent time with him and then I became loved. Right? So I believe in my hearts of hearts that he loves me no matter what you think about me. So when I'm walking around all happy, it's not a forsage. I am happy because I'm supposed to be dead. So when you come and you're like, Rafa, why are you so happy? I'm like, it's because of Jesus. (laughs) Are you with me? Right? We go to Home Depot and guess what? People remember my name or they remember my hair or what I used to have. You know why? Because they met the love of God, not Rafa, the love of God. I am excited because of the love of God. I have a loud voice because of the love of God. I play the piano because I love God. I work at a church because I love God. I get promoted because I love God. I literally gave up a manager position where they they were building a whole office that I was unqualified to run in Crystal City. And I came here because I love God. But I got that position because I love God. Because it wasn't human effort. It was the spirit that gives eternal life. Are you still with me? So you're attracting these things that you desire because of love. It carries a frequency. It carries an energy that is constantly coming to you. Why do you think people found Jesus every single time? He literally hid. He had so much love that people found him. Isn't that good? I love it. So whatever you love, you're going to get. If you love to be poor, you're going to be poor. Okay? If you love to be sick, you're going to be sick. 
No condemnation for those that belong to Christ, okay? If you love to be alone, you're going to be alone. I got to tell you the truth because you know why? I love you. I love you. 2 Corinthians, it literally says, let love be your highest goal and then prophesy. You know why? Because your motivation should always be love. Everything you do should be out of love. I want the best for you, not what's going to make me look good. Not what's going to get my name up there. It's I literally love you, and this is the word I'm getting from Father God, so let it change you. That is it, point blank. Nothing more to it. You know why it's called unconditional love? You know why we do it? Because God gave us unconditional love. It is so simple, but yet so good. You know how to stop being selfish if you want to be, stop being selfish? Spend time with God. You know why? Because he's selfish. You want to know how I know he's selfish? He gave up his son for us. I didn't mean to yell at you. I just got really passionate. Okay? So I love it because you're literally carrying this frequency and atmosphere all the time. Is it good or is it bad? That's my question to you. If it's bad, this is the best part. You turn to God. <laughs> and you're like, God, I have a bad thought. Like, what do you think? What do you think about it? And literally, the answers he gives you are so simple. Believe it. He told me one time, I'd rather believe a complicated lie than a simple truth. Guess what I believed? The simple truth. <laughs> Okay. Are you still with me? Okay. So the, I, I love the faith message because literally it's the thing that you desire the most is what you attract to yourself, like a magnet. And science literally proved that when you have a thought, there's, a, there's like a bing in your brain. Guess what that is? It's a frequency. It's an atmosphere. It's an energy level inside of your brain that you react. Isn't that crazy? And so when you get that thought, let's call it a concrete thought, right? It's like, Rafa's so good looking. I'm just going to say that, right? God told me that. My mama told me that. My wife told me that. We're good to go. All right? That's a concrete thought. The more I think about it, it stops being concrete and it turns into my subconscious. If it's in your subconscious, then it turns into a value. If it's a value, then it turns into a habit. And then it's something that you do every single day. So now when I run into people and somebody says, your outfit doesn't look good, my subconscious by itself is like, you're sexy anyways, Rafa. It's okay. Right? But if I'm constantly telling myself, you're ugly, I don't even want to say it. Oh, man, Jesus didn't die for me to be ugly. (laughs) Come on. He didn't die for me to have that thought, you know? But uh, let's go back to just because I I beat it. Like, self-hatred and condemnation is out of my life. That's why I shaved my head. Danny Pro was like, hey, why'd you shave your head? And I was like, do you? Oh, my gosh, you're about to go up. Okay, so uh, when I was five, my dad was mad at me. And, and I believed that lie my whole life, so I constantly punished myself. And when I made a big mess, I would try to hide it from everybody and hide it from Father God. And then Pastor Abel gave me a book called Unpunishable by Danny Silk, where it actually spoke about how God loved us in every single situation. And every time we got punished or disciplined, it actually didn't mean to get punished and disciplined. It was because we actually started a circle that came back and did punish us. But disciple, discipline actually means to disciple. Nowhere in the Bible have I read that Jesus took off his robe and his rope and beat the disciples. I didn't, I didn't read that anywhere. It said he discipled them, which means he taught them and he loved them. Every time there was an opportunity for a parable, he told them so they can understand, right? So I don't know why I kept believing that Father God wanted to punish me because I spilled paint all over Pastor Gavin's floor, But yet, I believe that God wanted to beat me. (laughs) But really, it was an opportunity for discipleship. I was a disciple. Come on. I was a disciple. Isn't that good? So in, in that moment, I got to do exactly what the disciples did. And what did they do? They turned to Jesus. 
after he talked to the multitude, they turned towards each other. It says Jesus turned to his disciples. After he fed everybody, did the miraculous, he turned to the disciples. He taught a parable. Pastor Jared and I love parables. He, what did he do? He turned to the disciples. So what do we do when we make a mess? We turn to Jesus. Come on, Pastor Jared and I got it. Are you with me? You guys catch it. Did you catch it? My wife caught it. Come on. Yeah, you. Come on, baby. I love you. You're awesome. <sighs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> so um, are you guys still with me? Okay, you turn to Jesus. When you make a mess, when you make an oopsie, you turn to Jesus, right? And this is the best part. When you're turning to him, he gives you so much love that you, you can't even hate yourself anymore. But this is where I'm getting to. That love, that conversation, that thought is a concrete thought in that moment. The more you meditate on it, meditate on my word day and night, Psalms 1. And then you will be like a, a tree planted by the riverbank. In every season you produce. I promise you, if we try to do this off of here without the Holy Spirit, I couldn't quote all that to you, okay? His idea. But the point of that in every season, in every situation, there is a thought for him to give you. Psalm 139, man, like the the thoughts that God has for you outnumber the sun. It literally says David said he couldn't go out there and and count every single grain of, of sand. It's too numerous. And that's how many thoughts God has for you the moment that you make a mess up. He has a whole beach. He has a whole, all of Virginia beach ready to just, uh, of love. <laughs> Are you with me? But the power behind that is it goes to your concrete thinking that then goes to your subconscious that then turns into who you are. And then you attract those things. You with me? Okay, cool. The cool thing about this is, uh, it's just in my personal life, after the whole like condemnation and self-hatred left my life, I, I have so much more room for Holy Spirit to tell me stuff. It's so much fun. I love it. I'm brushing my teeth every morning and every night. I'm brushing my teeth, and he's giving me pictures of people. He's not telling me their life. He's just giving me these pictures. But it's my choice whether I'm like, eh, whatever, God, or I get to be like, okay, God, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, just pray for them a little bit. I'm like, just a little bit? Okay, let's do eternal life. But guess what? Then I see them on a Wednesday. And then I see you on a Sunday. And then you text me, (laughs) and then you call me, and then you want to play video games with me, and then you want to hug me. Isn't that crazy? Right? How, why why did you come to me? Because of my thoughts. I'm attracting you to me, but really I'm attracting you to God, because I don't want you, but God does every single day, all the time. Are you with me? Okay. My wife said only do 30 minutes. I'm going above. Are you guys bored? Okay. If you're bored, just... Go to sleep real quick for five minutes, okay? <clears throat> that is a joke. Don't do that. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I, I just want to finish with this story, and we're done, okay? This whole thing came from a book that, uh, that the same teacher that said, we can argue verses, but not my experience. He read this book, and uh, it talked about this guy's testimony on his thoughts, right? And how he used the word faith as his thoughts. He said that his son was born, when, when he had his son, his son was born with absolutely no ears. Like, no ears. Touch your ears. All right, don't touch your neighbor's ears, but be like, you got good ears. <laughs> nice. So, the, the kid was born with, with absolutely no ears. Isn't that crazy? Like, there's no hole. There was nothing there. It was just flat. And he said when he had his son, he was holding him. And he said, no, my son will hear. 
no matter what the doctors are saying, he's like, his thoughts were, my son will hear. My son will hear. I will not treat my son different. He will hear. He went to elementary school, and, and he had another kid, and he kept telling his son, he was like, you know what? People are actually going to treat you even nicer <laughs> because you have no ears. That is not a disability. And he's, he was building the son's, um, his son's, his habits and who he was, and, and really his culture and his paradigm. And so he said he could see a difference between that son and his other son, because when that son without the ears couldn't have what he had, the other son would drop and have a tantrum. But the son without ears will find a creative way to come up with a solution to the problems. Isn't it awesome how, like, Holy Spirit constantly gives us answers to our problems because he actually wants us to have, find a creative way with him to do it, not just cry about it or complain about it? No condemnation. Okay. So then, <laughs> I love you. So then, um, so he was saying, this is the crazy part. This is the part that I love. He said he got to elementary school, and one day the teacher just randomly, like, was like, maybe he can hear me if I shout. And so the teacher shouted at the kid, and he turned to her and heard a little bit of what she shouted. You understand? He has no ears. Like, he's not supposed to be hearing. But, yeah, he's, like, turning to the teacher. Isn't that great? And so he was like, okay, he's like, he's so excited. You know, the dad's so excited. And then years later, he, he, this is the part that really set me free. Years later, the dad kept believing and believing. Obviously, we would call him a man of faith because his son is actually manifesting the faith. He said that every once in a while, he would have a thought that his son won't hear. So he would, we would call that disbelief. How many of you guys have had disbelief in your believing? Right? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand. Just two of us. Okay. And, and Nate and I, right? So we were, we're like believing. I'm like, Lord, I'm believing with all my heart, all my human effort. And then you get, a, you get a disbelief moment of like, I might not be able to do it. And then you throw everything out the window. <laughs> you throw the whole kingdom out. You stop seeking. You still with me? Okay. So then I love how he said in his disbelief, he chose to believe that thought. He went back to his anchor of my son will hear. But I love the fact that it was okay for him to have one bad thought of him not believing. Set me free. It set me free because it was an opportunity for me to choose God. So there's so many times when I would have a, a, I'm believing real hard. I was believing for a house and we kept looking for houses for months and months and nothing would show up. And then I would have a disbelief and I was like, no, no, I'm going to choose God. God, what do you say? He said, you're going to have a house. Guess what I have now? I have a house. (laughs) That we kept driving by every single day on our way to look at other houses. <laughs> not funny? But the minute that I turned to God, my wife caught the house. <laughs> and we went to it and changed the guy's life. God showed up. Anyways, that's another story. So I love how he said, it's okay to have the disbelief as long as you choose to believe God. You turn towards God in your disbelief. I love it. It's kind of like cleaning up your mess. So this is the crazy part, right? He said that his son, I'm almost done. His son got to college. He's a grown man now. He got to college. He still can't hear unless you shout at him real loud. There's a vibration that would happen between his skull and his brain that would somehow allow him to hear the vibration. Isn't that crazy? We would call that frequency or atmospheres. We hear it with the piano and music all the time. So he said his son was just gone. His son got to college. He can't hear. So his son was walking through college, and he bumped into a guy. You won't believe this. He bumped into a guy that was developing a product, guess for what? He was developing a brand new product so he can hear. It was a hearing aid. The guy was a technician just making stuff up, trying to make it, and, and his son that can't hear hit the guy that has the answer for him. He bumped into him. 
Isn't that crazy? And the author was saying, like, the reason his son bumped into him wasn't because of chance or coincidence. It was because since he was a little kid, he told him that he's going to hear. And so that thought of him hearing, he wrote it out. He was like, that thought of him hearing attracted the man that had the product from him to bump into him. And he said he, he even went above and beyond to say that because his dad kept believing that his son would hear, somehow that thought hit the other guy for the idea to do it. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how we all bounce off each other? I think that's the body of Christ. We all work together. Right? My foot makes somehow with my hand. They talk to each other somehow. And I can play soccer, kind of. Isn't that crazy? Okay, cool. So then towards the end, this is my favorite part, right? Because God blesses us and he gives us life and life more abundantly. That son puts on the hearing aid and guess what? He can hear. But yet, for whatever reason, scientifically, they're like, you shouldn't be able to hear. But somehow this device helps you hear. With the frequency. And this is my favorite part. Remember how the dad kept telling him, you're going to be blessed because of your disability? The guy, the technician, the engineer, that was the word I was looking for. Thanks, God. The engineer was like, how about you go around the whole world selling my product? All you have to do is come up here and tell your testimony. He made millions of dollars because of his disability. Come on. Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those that are called. Yeah. So, Father God, I just love you. <laughs> Thank you for testimonies. Thank you for thoughts that anchor us. But I do thank you that they only anchor us if they're from you, Lord. Because you supercharge it with your heavenly presence, with your goodness, with your ideas. So right now, Holy Ghost, what, what thought do you have for us? That's good. Because your thoughts only lead to life. And right now, if you heard, I have nothing, or I can't hear him, just give that thought to God. Be like, here you go. Because he has a thought for you. Okay? He orchestrated tonight for this moment to give you a thought. A loving, kind thought. We just thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so good. You're so kind. And the whole point of my message, if you missed it, I just want to give you an excuse to talk to God every second of every day. Because I know what he did in my life. And I want the same for you and the whole world. So, Holy Ghost, you're good. You're kind. You're loving. We bless tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Pastor Babette, I love to give homework. That's how I grew up as a Christian. She gave me homework every Monday. So your homework is this. I wrote down the question. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. What is your anchor? Or I guess it would be, what is my anchor? Okay, that's your homework. On your, on your drive home, on your drive to work, when you're having complaining thoughts, you're like, God, what's my anchor? What should my anchor be right now? It could be a verse, it could be an image, whatever it is that he wants it to do, wants it to be. Okay? All right, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Have a good night.